Next on BYU Sports Nation, welcome to summer. BYU basketball celebrating the summer solstice with a scheduling announcement. How does Nick Emery's nine-game suspension factor into it? It is BYU Football Media Day Eve. What can you expect? Hans Olsen will join us in studio. Plus, NBA Draft Night. Elijah Bryant will join us live to discuss his seven NBA workouts and his current pro prospects. What's the next chapter in the book of Eli? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, June 21st, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is counting down to the BYU basketball season and game number one at Nevada, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I'm excited for the hoop season. I would rather celebrate the season than the preseason. You want the season to go well, so you look forward to it. I don't like uh, discussing schedules as much as I like discussing games, but we have some uh, news with BYU Men's Hoops today. I like the trend of summer shows we have going right now. This, these are supposed to be the dog days of summer. There ain't no dog days. Something happening every day basketball, non-conference schedule is out, plenty to discuss. How does Nick Emery factor into that? BYU football media day tomorrow. We'll get a ton of fodder there. Great stuff. Let's go. Let's kick off summer with a bang. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hooray for summer solstice, longest day of the year. And daylight has been shed on the BYU basketball non-conference schedule. We knew quite a few of the games based on individual games being leaked out to the media. Now we know the whole rundown. You can see the whole puzzle, if you will. And the statement that BYU is trying to make to the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. Jerem, what is your reaction to the BYU basketball non-conference schedule? Well, I like it. 15 games, that's up from 13 the West Coast Conference, allowing two fewer conference games to allow for this. You're seeing it on your screen if you're listening can uh, check it out on our BYU Sports Nation feed or on BYUcougs.com. Eight home games, six in a row from November 9th through 24th. It is not the strongest home schedule, frankly. Houston's on there, which should have been a Sweet 16 team. They got buzzer beat by Michigan. Uh, that's the best home game. Uh, Utah State's at home. I like that. But the road games are tough. BYU is clearly, as Dave Rose and Tim Lacombe have told us, making a push to have better non-conference games for Selection Sunday. There are four Quad 1 games on this non-con schedule. There, were only, there was only one last year. That, of, cor- of course, could vary depending on how these teams play. And these are based on RPI at on the end of the season. No, on, on Selection, Selection Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Uh, two other, so eight home games, two other games in Utah, Ogden and Salt Lake. Um, how does Nick Emery factor into this? He comes in in game 10. Okay, That is... Utah State, yes. and then Utah, Portland State, UNLV, San Diego State, Mississippi State. Oh, I love it. He comes back in time. The seven road or neutral games, all challenging. Nevada, Illinois State, Weber State, Utah, UNLV, San Diego State, Mississippi State. I would say five of those seven are games you're like, you put on the resume on Selection Sunday. So they, it is good. This is much more challenging. Obviously, you're going to have Gonzaga and St. Mary's at home and Houston. Those are your top three games at home, okay? Um, and we don't know the dates quite yet of the conference games, but we know the matchups. This is a challenging BYU hoop schedule that if BYU can survive and uh, limit the losses to, say, Nevada and Houston, perhaps, 
while Nick Emery's gone for those nine games, go seven and two. They've got a shot. They've got a shot at the NCAA tournament. Let me remind everyone that college football and college basketball scheduling and how they are looked upon by voters and eyes that are important, very, very different. It's a schedulocracy versus a meritocracy. Meaning, if you win in college football, You're good. you are rewarded. Yeah. In college basketball, you are not penalized heavily for playing a lot of good teams on the road and losing those games. But if you win a couple of those games, all of a sudden you're 100% in the NCAA tournament selection conversation, and you've got some meat to your resume. If BYU wins two of the seven games you just pointed out, they're in good shape. They're in good shape going into conference play. I think 10-5 and five is my way-too-early projection for BYU in non-conference play. Um, if the Cougars could go through the, the conference slate of 16 games with three or fewer losses and then get to Vegas and win a game or two, I think they're in a decent spot. I think they'd be bubblicious. And that's the goal. I, I'm not going to expect BYU to make the NCAA tournament. I know the team will, and that's their goal. Goals are different than, different than uh, you know, second-party expectations or whatever. I, I think BYU should get in a position where they are in the discussion, and that would be something we haven't had the last two years. BYU didn't even sniff the tourney. I think this schedule sets them up to do that, which they didn't do the last two. Yeah, I have BYU one game better than you do, 11-4 and four in non-conference play. I don't think they'll lose a game at home in the Marriott Center. You think they'll beat Houston? That'd I, be a good win. I, I really do. They were 18 in the RPI on Selection Sunday. Like, a team that, unless Michigan makes a like, half-court shot, is in the Sweet 16. That's a good team. Yeah, I like the Marriott Center magic. Dave Rose facing uh, his alma mater. The That's Houston a fun storyline. Yeah. I, I think BYU's undefeated in non-conference at home, and I think that will factor into 11-4 and four going into West Coast Conference play. And as I said, if they can win some notable games early on the road, you throw in a couple of those key road wins, the resume looks really good going into the West Coast Conference. Nevada is going to be the toughest game BYU plays uh, maybe all season. At Gonzaga right there as well, of course. Um, that's your opener. That's, I mean, that would be an incredible upset if BYU pulled that off. Not likely. Go play. See what happens. Bravo to Dave Rose, Tim Lacombe, that entire coaching staff. Yeah, for Tim puts it together mainly. For yeah. answering the call. They, they were challenged to make the resume more appealing. And not only did they do that, they went above and beyond. They have put together a very, very challenging, entertaining, and beneficial schedule. It's entertaining on the road. For what BYU wants to get done, and that is get back to the NCAA tournament. It's been three years. It's hard to get people to come to Provo, and we're seeing that. Um, hopefully in the future more people will. Because yeah. you get Houston, which is great. BYU go to Houston, I believe, next year uh, is the plan. So Nevada, that's a tough game. Utah Valley at home, Northwestern State at home, Oral Roberts at home, Alabama A&M at home, Rice at home, Houston at home. There's a stretch there where BYU is going to gain a lot of confidence and uh, gobble up some wins against quad fours. Love it. Without Nick Emery. Okay, so that's good for kind of a, a younger group, right? You lose Elijah Bryant. You don't have Nick Emery. So you're going to have some guys that uh, will have an opportunity to exert themselves. At Illinois State, at Weber State, and then in December, it gets tough. Okay, listen to December. Utah State at home, neutral Utah, Winnable although it's game. in Salt Lake. Winnable game. Okay. Um, Portland State at home, that's Barrett Peary, LDS, in Provo. UNLV, neutral, at San Diego State, at Mississippi State. So BYU finishes the non-con on a heck of a run. There's like a five of six game stretch there where those are tough, challenging games. UNLV is not what it used to be, so that game doesn't But it's in Vegas. Me, but it doesn't frighten me nearly as much as it used to. The program is just not 
anything close right now to what it used to be. They're very middle of the pack. So I think that BYU will be favored in that game, quite honestly. They'll go down there, play UNLV. They get a win there. Now, the tough, the tough two-game stretch before West Coast Conference play begins, San Diego State, Mississippi State. If BYU, can steal, if BYU can steal one of those, wow, now we're talking. Yeah, but I like playing UNLV in Vegas neutral. I, I wouldn't mind playing at the Thomas and Mac. Like, you're right, it's not the same, but historically BYU at or in Vegas against UNLV has been a game that's been really hard to win. I'm happy for Nick Emery, too, that Ask he gets to play in a majority of these big games uh, as he gets back into the mix with BYU. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be great to have Nick Emery back in the lineup for – that tough road stretch. Tonight's the NBA draft. Elijah Bryant projected uh, to not be drafted, but when the, uh, this is when the deals go down. Hopefully there's something of significance for him. Hopefully uh, a summer league team in the next couple of weeks for the NBA summer league. Spencer, where will Elijah Bryant be playing one year from now? He'll be playing in the G League. He's going to get a summer league contract. He worked out for seven different NBA teams. That alone tells me that there is enough interest in him that that the teams want to reach out to him and put him in the competition this summer just to kind of see more of what he can do, how healthy he is, how his knees are responding, all of that stuff. He says I, he's fine. I think he'll be in the G League one year from now. I think he's going to pursue heavily what Kyle Collinsworth tried to do with uh, the Texas Legends and then try and make your way up, do enough within the program that you're uh, assigned to and, and get a nod eventually to go to the NBA. Who knows? But I think he'll be in the G League one year from now. One year from now, the G League season will be over, but he will have played in the G League. Absolutely. I, I think that's uh, what's going to happen. The question is, does he go overseas and do that instead? Uh, I'm hoping he does G League just so we can see his games uh, with a little more ease. Kind of hard to find the feed for Eric Mika's, uh games, per se. But, yeah, I, I think the Kyle Collinsworth track may be one uh, – given that Elijah Bryant you know, was a teammate with him, also Eric Meek, of course, but is a possibility because Elijah Bryant's a guy who, could he make the NBA? Yeah, it, it's probably going to be the G League 10-day contract show yourself option, like you said. I hope he, he has that opportunity, and uh, he's not expected to be drafted tonight, although I will be watching with interest to see what happens in the draft. Um, but Elijah Bryant, I hope that he gets a shot because Kyle Collinsworth has done something incredible undrafted free agent that went to the G League, paid the price, turned down a contract in Russia, he said, to play in the G League, and then uh, earned his way into the NBA, and now he's on the maps. I I think it's a tremendous story. Elijah Bryant has a few things going for him with how his skill set matches up to the NBA. One, he can shoot the three. Two, he's pretty long for a defender. And three, he's still relatively young. Like he's, mm, he's he's pretty old actually. He's young enough. Well, he's it, not dealing he played with his the, fourth year out of high school this year. He's not dealing with the Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth model. He didn't go on a mission. Well, he went prep school, freshman. He's twenty two, right? Year year. So it's he's, actually been five years out of high school. He's twenty two. He might he's, be twenty three. He's young enough. He's not twenty five years old. Listen, the best prospects are nineteen or twenty. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying. Compared to other BYU guys that have recently tried He's to make this work. Hill. He's not turning like 20 exa- this year. He has, an, he has a leg up on that. He's not your typical BYU guy because he is that? a little bit younger. Yeah, now the knock on him is how healthy he is. He says he's 100 He says he feels good. great, he's, in which fact, is fantastic. I think he's annoyed at that idea. He's like, I'm good, I'm good. Fantastic. And what? last year showed that that knee is fine. If you could put him on an NBA team, 
for the summer, whatever, where you feel like he could develop and maybe have a shot, who would it be? No clue. Neither do I. I, I thought no about idea. it for a long time this morning. I'm like, is there one team that I think that he would be a perfect fit for? I don't know. Give me a few minutes and I can think through the 30 teams in the NBA and come up with something, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just want him to have an opportunity where he has a path, where there's, there's the path potential. Is the, the path is likely the G League. Make a name for yourself, and then when opportunity calls. Listen, the Mavs stunk, and they were looking for people to do something, and Kyle Collinsworth did that. I think he was in a really good situation to get an opportunity and showed well. Is that the right path for Elijah Bryant, though, to go to a team that is struggling that is well, it's going to be through the G League. Yeah, that's what I'm He's saying. Got, like I'm if saying. Kyle Collinsworth wasn't good in the G League, it wouldn't have mattered whether the Mavs were bad or good. You can't control that part. You can only control how good you are, and then opportunity knocks. Hopefully, well, you're probably not going to get a really good look if the team that you're playing for is loaded at the top. But right? you can go elsewhere. Like Taysom Hill wasn't in a good f- spot with the Packers. You know, Dif- different scenario. You know, different no, no, scenario. No, man. he performed well. There are they didn't want roster spots in the Hold NFL. On. He he wanted he was good enough in the exhibitions that he got waived because they didn't want to keep him as a second string, Brett Hundley third string. So the Saints are like, we'll take you. Elijah Bryant could be good on his G League team for whatever NBA team, and then uh, get waived or dropped, and then another NBA team could pick him up for a ten day. Yeah, That's just, what I'm just saying. Harder to do that, less spots in the NBA. I think it's harder to make way harder to make it in the NBA than in the NFL. Just sheer numbers. Agreed. Sheer numbers. That's a scientific fact. Our question of the day. What is your reaction to the BYU basketball non-conference schedule? It'd be nice to have Elijah Bryant back in that lineup. That is not That's the not case. That's not happening. Suck up those tears. Get over it. That is not the case. Time to hear from you. This is the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At T-Day 8 on Twitter, I wish at least one of the UNLV or San Diego State games was at home. No home games over they, Christmas break is unfortunate. Also, it seems like too many of the top, tough non-conference games are on the road. Seems a bit like the football schedule. Okay, San Diego State is expected to come back uh, to return that game. Uh, UNLV is just a one-off. Okay, I'm not sure about Mississippi State. I think that's just a one-off as well. Um, also, you want your tougher games on the road. Because the quad system, better opportunity. With the NCAA selection committee. If you play a one through seventy-five RPI team on the road, that's a quad one game. But if it's a home game, it's only one through thirty. So you actually want to go out on the road and challenge yourself more than at home. Listen, is the point of BYU basketball to sell season tickets or is it to get into the NCAA tournament? You hope both. But this season, you got Houston, you got Nevada, you got Gonzaga, you got or, sorry, Mary's. not Nevada, um, St. Mary's. You have some quality games. You don't have as many as maybe you want. BYU's going on the road because that will help them on Selection Sunday. We've got two neutral games against Utah and UNLV. There will be plenty of BYU fans there. Like I, I think it's fine. Ten games in state of it's, the 15. It's different. Basketball is so different than football. It, it just Yeah, like my whole rant against the BYU football schedule does not apply to basketball. It's like, no, 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 load up, load up, because you want to make the tourney. Coming up, Elijah Bryant joins us. What does he expect with the NBA draft, and what's next? And the countdown to the Wildcats continues on the first day of summer. Former BYU lineman extraordinaire Hans Olsen will join us. Wow. I think he's worth that, right? I think he's been a better broadcaster than player. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day is upon us. It is tomorrow. It starts in the morning with web chats at 10 a.m. Eastern with Lauren McLean. We have a live two-hour edition of the program. 
State of the programs at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Cougars in the NFL. Bunch of web chats. We're doing some web chats in Korean and Portuguese and Spanish and whatnot. Should be a full fun day on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And uh, it's going to be like 13 straight hours of sports coverage on BYU TV. Love it. Phenomenal guest lineup on BYU Sports Nation for that two-hour special. We welcome you back to the Media Day Eve show. Live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out our Facebook page as well when you have time to do that. Just use the hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day. What is your reaction to the BYU basketball non-conference schedule released about an hour ago at Colonel underscore James 83? I like that most of the games are home or with an easy travel distance. There also seems to be a good mix of easy to difficult games. Do you yeah. like the balance of the schedule overall? At home, there's a run of four quad fours in a row without Nick Emery. I think that's good. Yeah, and at the end, when Nick Emery's back, the more challenging part of the schedule is certainly there. Thank Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Jerem, we are one yes. day closer. Countdown to the Wildcats. 72. 72 days away, BYU opening the season in Tucson, Arizona against the Wildcats out of the mighty Pac-12. Speaking of number 72, now in the script it says a mediocre former number 72. <laughs> I bet you Ben Bagley wrote that. But I'm, I am going to, I'm going to upgrade that to a extraordinaire former 72. Memorable. Hans Olsen. He joins us in Hans Studio B. Here. Welcome, man. Yeah, I was hoping that we'd do this and it would be my Jersey retirement. 72, right? They were like, hey, we need you to come in. We're going to be talking about number 72. I'm like, finally! Yeah. Get the recognition I deserve around here. We should just retire jerseys in here. So it's not a BYU football development stadium thing. It's a BYU sports thing. Jeremy thing. Spencer retirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, we, I wouldn't we, hate it. There's a 72. There's a jersey around somewhere that we can put up in here, isn't there? There's got to be, man. We'll we'll find something. A bib. It'd be a bibbed. Oh, it would actually. Uh, two years. Was it just a year? I think we just wore the bibs. Was it '98? Oh, baby. I remember when the We've bibs all tried were to forget. Unveiled. Oh no! Come on, Jerem. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, they weren't that bad. The, really? As time goes on, they become more hated, but they were like, really like. They got nickel-backed. No, they were trendy. They were at the revolutionary. Time. At the time, we thought they were cool, and then later I was like, oh, it actually wasn't that cool. Yeah, it, it, I just wish the bib was blue so it hid all my ketchup stains. <laughs> it was white. It was like, no, nah, that doesn't – not that I'm eating a hot dog. Game, you're like, okay, I'll admit, I was thing. eating a hot dog at halftime. I don't care who knows that now. Did you okay. really eat a hot dog at halftime? No, I would eat – yeah, I would if, – if there was one around, yeah. I would go grab a hot dog from a fan and eat it right out of the stands. Hey, if, if you're I hungry, you need to energize. Hey, Rob Morris used to hide M&Ms and Skittles right here in his pants during practice. The original practice. Marshawn Lynch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the original Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> nice. Okay, so BYU Football Media Day tomorrow. There's been a lot of different narratives um, going into the season, coming off of a forgettable season. What are you looking forward to about not only tomorrow, but kind of getting a new season out there? And, and what do you expect from BYU? Well, I'm hoping – that our expectations don't get ramped up. I'm hoping that we all keep a realistic perspective. You know this is BYU, right? What this season is going to be. I do know, Spencer, and I'm hoping that it's a little bit different this year. I get it, man. But, I, I, you know, it's funny because I've already heard some of the rumblings of can they get to eight? Is this potentially a nine? And I, I, I was excited to come on the show and just say stop it. Yeah. That's not helping anybody. That's not doing any good for anyone. Let's – Let's keep some realistic perspective on, on what this team is. And I hope that we can maintain that through Media Day. 
Hans Olsen with us on BYU Sports Nation. I've been waving the flag of six games, get to a bowl game. That would be marked improvement. I would be just fine with that. And I've received a lot of, you know, backlash from different fans. Like, oh, hey, you support the team. You can't get excited about six wins. I can. I can 100% be excited about six wins given what we're coming off of. How do you feel about that, Mark? I would be thrilled with that, Mark. Because that, Mark, would mean that, well, number one, it would mean you'd probably get the win over Utah State or you get the win over Boise State. So you get the six wins, you've got to have that win over Utah State. People need to understand that this schedule, Spencer, is – I know that they've heard it time and time again that it's daunting. But let's look at this. You're playing against probably the Big Ten champion. <laughs> Wisconsin's going to win the Big Ten. They're, they're legit. You look at Paul Chris. He's coming back for, what, his fourth year. They've got the starting quarterback. They've got a Heisman hopeful running back. They've got everything they need. The in entire Wisconsin. offensive line is back. Okay. So you're taking on the Big Ten champion. You're taking on the Pac-12 champion. Yes. Washington with, with uh, Chris Peterson and Jake Browning and that, that whole staff and crew. Washington's a Pac-12 champion. Utah's probably going to be competing for the Pac-12 South championship. So they may be a division champion. Um, this upcoming season between them and USC. Oh, and all those games are on the road. Hans. Like it, it's yeah, and it, and it's just it's daunting. And and you know, I start looking at the schedule, and I'm like, six wins would be incredible. I would grab onto that, and I would say, let's go. Give Kalani the next year. Let him get to seven. Let's work up to eight and nine, and and let's see if they can run into a schedule that's just a little bit more functioning. Because right now, it's it's strong. When BYU was in the conference, there was a clear goal is to win the conference championship. And then you hope to kind of finish ranked, right? Now that BYU's not in a conference, I'm not sure what the goal is for BYU football. For me, it's like, well, finish ranked would be awesome, but I think the schedules are too tough to realistically expect that. So why do you think BYU's playing the schedules it's playing? Well, I think that they, their hope is that they can get that recognition. You guys go back to, oh, man, what was it, Taysom Hill's second year? 2014. And 2014, when they rolled off, was it five wins? Four? Four, they're 4-0 four going four into the Utah State game. Okay, do you remember ESPN at that moment? Oh. They, they're rolling Trevor Maddich out, and Trevor's like, yep, 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 and they're playing highlights at Taysom, and ESPN's proud of this relationship with BYU, and – and then you start thinking, and then people are writing raps. I think what was the the rap that came out at that moment, like unbelievable or continue to believe or whatever it was. And you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, man! It it grabbed hype, it grabbed attention. You know, Jeremy, I think that you look at it and you say, okay, you know they got Wisconsin, it's tough. Arizona, Cal, right out of the gates, it's tough. Washington, what if they did get the team together? What if they did? find success what if they were eight and one through that stretch and they got to nine wins then we're talking about okay put these glasses no, on. I, I, no you're asking why no no you're asking <laughs> you just why said eight and one in that schedule you got to wear these oh glasses no 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 that. hold on i'm just i'm giving you're asking me why play this schedule I, i'm i'm giving you the why you, you play it because if things did come together if you if you did roll through that schedule you would probably get some new year's recognition sure don't think you're going to yeah. get another 14 playoff, but you would probably yeah. get some New Year's recognition. So that's, Absolutely. that's why you're putting the schedule together because you hope you can compete with the big boys and that you can get that recognition and then someday be recognized as a New Year Bowl, New Year Bowl team. I yeah, totally it, agree with it's you. It's the risk-reward take. Well, here, here's the thing with 2014. They're 4-0 and everyone's talking about them because BYU beat a eventual two-win Virginia team. Yeah. 
and later a f- uh, and uh, eight win Texas team. Yeah. It wasn't Washington. Yeah. It wasn't uh, Wisconsin. I just don't believe that eight and one is even possible through that because those teams are just too tough and they're on the road. Even if all of those were at home, you ain't going eight and one. Well, but Jerem, the thing is, is that I think that their vision four or five years ago may be different than what their vision is now. Sure. The world of NCAA football has changed over the last four years with full cost of attendance. Now we're seeing potential transfer rules break in, NCAA allowing these transfer or coaches not the ability to block these athletes so that they can instantly get funding where they they go to whatever university they go to. We may see a one-time transfer where a guy gets a free transfer from a Division I to a Division I. We could see Alabama come to recruit BYU players behind the scenes, dirty, you know, like you know that's happening in college football. It's tough to sit out of here unless they were a grad transfer in this case still. It, yeah, it is. It, it is. So, you know, at least you have that still that kind of forces a, a player's hand to really think deeply about a transfer. If they, if they lift that, it's a free-for-all. It, what I'm trying to do is identify how much it's changed. So what their vision was four years ago and what they've built with the schedule and what their hopes were right now is playing out. But maybe what they see in the future with scheduling could be different or with conferences could be different. Uh, But we are where they kind of envisioned it to be four years ago, which probably isn't where they thought they'd be right now. We're just seeing it play out this way, Jerem. The clearly better than mediocre former number 72 (laughs) Hans Olsen with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, I do need to correct you on something you said. Virginia went 5-7 in 2014. BYU lost to a 2-10 Virginia team. The year before. The year before. Okay. So, okay. F- sorry, my bad. A five, a <laughs> yes. tremendous team in Virginia that hey, year that won five games. Come on, games. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, Virginia wasn't that Losing bad Losing power five record team. Yes, BYU can beat those. Clearly this year, BYU is going to face a majority of power five teams that will finish with winning records, if not one or maybe two in the college football playoff. Who, I don't know. But how would you define success offensively speaking, for BYU against a schedule like this? Because that's where the major change happened with Jeff Grimes. Yeah. yeah, just get yourself out of the bottom 10 of every statistical category. You know, that's that's where they need to start. Just get yourself out. Of, yeah, everything was bottom 10. It was really tough to watch that. Uh, guys, I can't help but think this staff is going to find a way to succeed somewhat offensively. Uh, you know, we're looking at a staff now uh, largely doing part to Grimes' Roderick and Clark that has 90 years of experience, 90 years. You know, you've got Coach Clark with seven years of coordinating experience, Aaron Roderick with eight years of coordinating experience, Jeff Grimes with nine years of run game coordinating experience, and then you got Fessy Sataki who's got four years of coordinating experience. And you look at all those years, 26 years for Jeff Grimes in the system, um, you know, 23 or 24 for Roderick, and Clark is right up there. How how can it not improve? So my improvement is, all right, just get out of the bottom 10 of every statistical category. Try to really excel at four or five, which you'll see the running game really try to excel. They're going to want to be up in the top 25 in the country in, in rushing yards because they're trying to reestablish that dominance. But that, I, I'm not asking for a ton. Just keep that offense on the field. You know, I, I know that uh, Kalani's defense, Ituiaki, caught some heat because people are like, well, you're giving all the blame to the offense and you're not taking any defensively. They took some defensively, but it really was the offense's problem. And that, that's my perspective. So give the defense a break. Help them on that end. 
get out of that bottom end of the the statistical categories and find some success in three or four categories, which they will. So I feel confident about that. Yeah, I feel confident it will be better, too. And all of this really depends on quarterback. Ah, yes. So who's the guy you see at quarterback? Is it Tanner Mangum versus the field in this race? No, I don't don't think it is. Uh, I I think Tanner is going to be given an opportunity, and, and these coaches have to work really intelligently to make sure that these guys are all on the same page. This is where great coaching management comes into play. This is where Aaron Roderick is going to earn his money because he's going to pull these quarterbacks in. They all have to be on the same page. They have to know who's the front runner. They got to know who's in competition, where, where I stand. You know, you got a guy like Cody Wilstead that just got sick of it and was like, I'm out. You don't want any more of that. You don't want to lose Hall. You don't want to potentially lose some of these younger quarterbacks. You know, the way I look at it, um, I think right now it's a competition between Zach Wilson and Joe Critchlow. They're Where's t- the starter? Those two. Yeah, they're they're two completely. And 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 Mangum's going to be given an opportunity, but I think going into fall camp, I think I look at those two. Here's here's my my thoughts behind the both of them. Just watching them very closely through spring ball. Zach Wilson's a playmaker, and he's going to make plays for you. He's kind of a, a young gun. He's a he's a thrower. He's a risk taker. He's athletic. He he he'll do a lot of things to win a game, but he's probably going to do a few things to lose a game. He will. He's going to make some big mistakes. That's what freshmen do right out of high school. And, you know, he's, he's taken in a lot of information with Grimes. And so you've got Zach Wilson that's that. He's a dynamic quarterback, and I really like the kid. And then you got Joe Critchlow, who is going to get behind center, get the ball, and do exactly what Grimes wants him to do, like a machine. You know, just do this, this, and this. He's not going to be flashy. He's not going to go on a, you know, a 21-point threat to win a game in the fourth quarter for you. He's not going to do those things, but he is going to be systematic. So my thought is most potential, probably Joe Critchlow against Arizona as the starting quarterback. See, and I, I'm, I feel like that's a pretty good take. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Critchlow start that game. Yeah, it's probably. And then if not, Zach Wilson, unless Tanner Mangum comes in and gets flashy. What I would say and what I would warn Aaron Roderick and Kalani and everybody against is, don't get caught into the Tanner Mangum practice flash because I would go watch Tanner Mangum in practice and it was a la Jake Heaps in practice. You know, some guys have amazing practice skills and Tanner was just bam, bam, bam. And I'm watching him thinking, oh, dude, this is, this is good and this is going to be a good year. And then I watch him come out flat-footed, stand on his heels, uh, extra thought processes, not, not making the right, right delivery, and watching Ty Detmer come unglued because he doesn't feel like his offense is being run the right way. When in practice, I saw just the opposite. You know, Ty giving high fives and Tanner fist pumping and the offense working down the field on that BYU defense. And I'm thinking, well, where's that guy? Why is he not? And then you throw in a ruptured Achilles with that, and they've got to be really careful with that. If they're going to go with Tanner, you better do your homework. Because he could show up in practice and that Achilles could look better, but then come game day, if he's sitting flat-heeled and he's not making the throws and reads, don't don't sit there and be like, I can't believe this happened. Because you've got a pattern. You kind of know that this could happen. I do love Tanner Mangum, though. I love the kid. I think he's a, a dynamic, and I love his ability. But I will tell you this. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I know exactly how to shut him down. Exactly. Mm. I have the blueprint to shut him down. So he's going to have to change his game. He can't be the Tanner Mangum that showed up against Nebraska. He can't be that Tanner Mangum that had a beautiful season. Can't. 
Defensive coordinators have a system, and I can tell you I've talked to two of them that have played against them, and they look me right in the eye and they go, <laughs> we'll take him every day. Wow. Give him to us every day. So he has to learn a different style. He's got to make sure that he's taking away those tendencies that coordinators became familiar with. Great stuff, Hans. Uh, before you go, we would love for you to sign our stretch wide flag. It's probably in your best interest to step down <laughs> and do that. Hey. But uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, thanks. thanks for coming in. Hey, uh, big shout out to all the BYU fans out there. I'll just tell you guys, I understand your pain, and I get where you're coming from. I, I know there's hurt, and, and I know that you're worried. But Kalani's the right guy. He's the right guy. He just needs a chance, and I'm, I'm hoping this offensive staff can be the, the group that gives him that extra year and then another year so Kalani can continue to build. He's the right guy, guys. He's brilliant. Hans, thanks for the time, thanks, man. man. Coming up, what's Autograph the chance time. Jamal Williams is the Packers' leading rusher this season? And what does Elijah Bryan expect to hear tonight in the NBA draft? We ask him that question next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, this is how we do it. Welcome back. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, hanging out on Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. And here are your top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU basketball has released the 2018 non-conference schedule in its entirety. The first regular season game tips off November 6th at Nevada. They will be highly ranked. Schedule features eight home games plus games at Illinois State, Weber State, San Diego State, and Mississippi State. It also includes two neutral side games in Salt Lake City against Utah and in Las Vegas against UNLV. Football Media Day is tomorrow. It starts with Web Chats, 10 Eastern with Lauren McLean on the YouTube and Facebook channels for BYU TV Sports. Then we're live on BYU TV at 11 a.m. Eastern with the state of the program, a two-hour BYU Sports Nation, and Cougars in the NFL uh, throughout the afternoon, as well as BYU radio offerings and more web chats, including uh, ones in Spanish, Korean, and Portuguese. NBA draft night tonight, starting at 7 Eastern. Elijah Bryant hoping to hear his name called after working out with a bevy of different NBA teams. He'll join us in just a moment. And former Cougar golfer Alex White won her first Pro Tour event, the Cactus Tour, in Vegas yesterday, shooting 7-under for the win. Former Cougars Kendra Dalton and Leah Garner also performed well, shot 5-under and 1-under. Elijah Bryant now with us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, or shall I call him three Elijah Bryant uh, after his increased three-point shooting last year. Eli, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be on. You worked out for a lot of NBA teams, and I'm sure got some outstanding feedback and and had some great experiences. What are some of your favorite experiences that uh, you had while you worked out with all those different NBA uh, ball clubs? I think one of the cool experiences is just being able to go in those facilities and kind of see what those what those guys do every day. I mean, everyone says they want to be a pro, but you get in there. And my first walk, workout was Milwaukee, so you get in there and um, we're going through this stuff, and all of a sudden Giannis is the first guy in the gym doing Pilates, you know? And you see stuff like that, and you're like, wow, that, that's Giannis. Like, he's the first guy in the gym working out. And we're talking about we, we're there at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know? So, um that was a that was a cool experience to meet him and talk to him a little bit. And um, obviously, all these places have been really fun to go and work out for. One uh, place that stuck out was uh, the Lakers. You, you met Magic Johnson. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was super cool. I mean, they're a super classy organization. And it's kind of surreal sometimes because, I mean, 
as a little kid, you know, I mean, Lakers, you think Kobe, you think all the greats that have, that have come there. So you're just mesmerized by by all the all the banners that are raised and all the history um, that's in that gym and the fact to see Magic and and because it's different than seeing him on the street. You know, you're actually talking to him. He knows your name. He knows what you do. All that stuff. So. It was definitely a surreal experience. Did you get him to subscribe to the vlog? Uh, I, I didn't bring that up. That was, that was exciting, so I didn't say anything about that. But most most things knew about it, and they were cool with it. It's because he probably already subscribed, right? He's already a subscriber. <laughs> yeah, probably. Exactly. <laughs> Elijah Bryant with us on BYU Sports Nation. I've seen you post on social media pictures of you as a, a young fella playing basketball growing up. Now here you are on NBA Draft Day. What are your emotions like as you reminisce about where the dream began and to where you are today? I think the biggest thing is just like living in the moment, right? I mean, but it's it's so hard to do that sometimes just thinking about all the practices, all the all the hard times you're working, all the people that, that doubted you, and uh, just to be here um, today and, and having my name in the conversation with, with some teams is just, a dream come true, you know. I, I don't think with, without BYU, I would I wouldn't really be in this position. So, obviously, I'm super super grateful to have played at BYU and had the opportunities there. And and whether my name gets called tonight or it doesn't, I'll definitely be in the NBA someday. Elijah, what gives you the confidence that that will happen one day for you? Um, I I mean, I think self confidence is the biggest thing. But after going in these workouts and seeing certain guys who are projected to be certain places um, that definitely gave me, gave me a lot of confidence. So as far as um, playing in the NBA, I know I can, uh, whether that happens tonight, tomorrow, a year from now, two years from now, I'm going to continue to chase that dream. And, and I know um, that will happen. Do you enjoy the role of, and, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but, of being an under-the-radar guy, do you feel like you can use that to your advantage as you pursue the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, it allows me to put myself in position to surprise people. Um, but as far as working hard and, and all that stuff, when you when you go to these workouts, I mean, where'd you play? BYU. Oh, where's that? Oh, Utah. Oh, you're married. Those are like the typical questions. So most of the workouts I would go to, uh, we had a – 20, 30-minute question as if I was a missionary, you know, because they're trying to wait, what? You're married? All that stuff. But um, as far as the the underrated thing, I mean, that's been me my whole life. So I've been kind of used to it. I've been playing with the chip on my shoulder um, my whole life. So as far as being underrated, I'll rather whether I get drafted tonight or not, I'll always be the, the underrated kid that was 5'7 in ninth grade. Five seven in ninth grade. That's awesome. That's awesome man. <laughs> what kind of feedback are you getting from NBA teams? Yeah, so I mean, I worked out for a lot of teams, and uh, there's definitely a few teams that um, can see me them using their their pick on me. But I mean, I whether or not, like I said before, I'm drafted or not, it's uh it's gonna happen for me one day. So as far as the draft, um, like I said, there's definitely teams that because a lot of teams haven't seen me play, so. Um, there's definitely a chance of me of me getting drafted, but as far as uh, for the future in the NBA, it's definitely something that's going to happen. Can we expect you to be on an NBA summer league roster? I think that's a pretty pretty uh, good guess. 
And then, sure. uh, and then after that, it, it, you want to make an NBA roster, obviously. But if that doesn't happen, do yeah, you want to stay sure. in the Do you want to stay in the G League, or would overseas be an option? I think it's all based on opportunity, right? Uh, my wife and I, um, obviously, I have to consult with her. You know, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Amen um, to that, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, it's just all about opportunity. You know, team gonna team gonna bring me in. I have a chance to get a call up. A chance to be on a two way. Um, what do I feel most comfortable with after praying about it? What do I think the best opportunity is? Um, so it's all pretty much opportunity situation. As far as the G League, the G League is up and coming. There's a, it's really good talent, as you know. Kyle um, played there and then got a call up. And overseas is very good, too, as well. So it's more about opportunity, but both, both situations are great situations, and I'm just happy to be in this position. Elijah, we're stoked for you. Very exciting time and uh, day. And as you said, live in the moment. Enjoy it. Um, we wish you the best tonight and look forward to uh, what happens in your professional basketball career. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. You got it. Elijah Bryant on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He is a very confident, driven person who's worked hard and earned what he's gotten. I can really appreciate that. And I'm excited to see what happens with Elijah Bryant. And and he's not expected to be drafted tonight, but he could make a splash in the summer league, get a shot, get in the G League, get a two-way, get into the like I think I'm with you. I I think the G League could be an awesome thing. Should he not make a roster undrafted if that's the case? It can be advantageous. Who knows? Maybe number sixty or something he shows up tonight. I'm glad he talked about it. It can be advantageous to be off the radar. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, listen. Better to come unexpected yes. than overly expected at yes. this point. Absolutely. 100%. Coming up, it's Croatian game day. That means a special World Cup date. <laughs> you like their chances against Messi, Jerem? And what's the chance BYU goes undefeated at home in non-conference basketball? You know who's undefeated at home? Cosmo. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow is BYU Football Media Day on BYU TV and BYU Radio and BYU Sports Nation. We'll have a special two-hour edition of the program from 12 to 2 Eastern. Guest lineup includes the likes of Kalani Satake, Fred Warner, Jamal Williams, and many others coming up tomorrow from 12 to 2 Eastern. Welcome back to your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play live from Studio B. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, our daily BYUSN rebroadcast. As usual, airing weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Answer our question of the day. What is your reaction to the BYU basketball non-conference schedule? Tony Henry on Facebook. Well, it's a good schedule to tune us up for league play, but likely won't help us get into the NCAA tournament unless we go something like 16-2 and in that stretch if BYU doesn't win the WCC. Well, it would be impossible to go 16-2 and because there aren't Wait, are there are there eighteen non conference? No, no, there are sixteen. There's sixteen conference games, fifteen non. Fifteen non conference games. Okay, plus up to three in the WCC. I think it is structured absolutely to help BYU get into the NCAA tournament. I couldn't have put a better schedule together given the circumstances. The West Coast Conference play won't help BYU get into the NCAA tournament. It will only hurt. Non-con. It's the non con that will really make the difference, in my opinion. You want to get to the big show, and speaking of the big show, it's time for your World Cup date. It is game day for our team. Let's go, Croatia. The Croats take on Messi and Argentina. Two Eastern, noon mountain. Just in time for us to finish the oh. show, do a little planning, and watch the game, Jerem. That's exactly right. 
Earlier today, Denmark and Australia played to a 1-1 draw, and France leads Peru 1-0. In the 91st. 91st. Four minutes of stoppage time. Let's go. All right, France, one of the heavy favorites. Denmark, another good team. Croatia, sneaky good. They're our team, Jerem. Yes, randomly selected eight days ago. They got three points in the the first game. Yeah, if they can sneak a point against Argentina, oh, man, they're in good shape. Be nice. They're in great shape. Got to get out of pool play. Moving forward. (laughs) What's the chance that uh, Croatia wins today against Argentina, Jerem? I don't know. Let's play what's the chance. Okay, let's do it. BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's bring in the voice, Ben Bagley. What do you have for us at number one? What's the chance BYU Hoops goes 8-0 and in their non-conference hoops home schedule? I'll go 76%. There's a decent chance. The only real challenge at home is Houston in the, in the home schedule. Because you have Utah Valley, Northwestern State, or Roberts, Alabama A&M, Rice, Houston. They can do it. Oh, and, and then Utah State and uh, Portland State. So there's one real – I think there's one team that's better than BYU that's coming in here. The Houston Cougars. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say 85, pushing 90% because I think BYU will take advantage of the fact that they have Nick Emery uh, back in the line. No, no, they're not going to have Nick Emery against Houston, are they? No. Okay, so now I'm not feeling I mean, yes, they will not. I am not feeling as confident, but again, playing. If that's your only home loss, though, you non-con, can, you're good. You can Seven ramp. One. You can ramp up. They'll be ready for that game. They know that is a huge opportunity to build the resume with Houston in Provo. That's, yeah. yeah, I, I still think 80 percent BYU goes undefeated at home. Number two, what's the chance sticking with the non-conference hoop schedule? The BYU enters. WCC play with double-digit wins already under their belts. I think like 88%. I think there's a really high percent chance that BYU goes at least 10-5. and five. In, fact, in fact, that's my projection. Because you look at potential losses. Nevada, Houston, Utah, San Diego State, Mississippi State, UNLV. Uh, six-ish games where I go, okay, that's a potential loss. I think BYU wins at least two or three of those. BYU is not going nine and six in non-conference. One hundred percent. That would be terrible. They'd be 100%. out of the. They'd be out of the tournament at large conversation. One hundred percent. They will have double-digit victories going into West Coast Conference play. I think they'll have eleven. Yeah, that's. I am not worried about that. One hundred percent. Number three. Strong numbers from Spencer Linton. One hundred percent. What's the chance Elijah Bryant hears his name called tonight in the NBA draft? I'll say 1% because, sure, there's a chance. It's not, it's not likely. Listen, there's 60 picks. You have to be really good. You have to be really good. Well, and you to have be to be drafted. talked about a lot yes. by a and bunch of different teams. This doesn't mean Elijah Bryant's not going to make the NBA at some point. Kyle Collinsworth has shown the undrafted BYU free agent that's a little older can do, that had a previous knee injury can do it. How many NBA draft picks has BYU produced in the last decade? Two? Jimmer and... Trent Playstead? And Trent, yeah. It's really hard. This is hard, yeah. Different game, and with the international factor now, taking more of those picks, it's just a totally different game. So 3%, I'll go as jersey number, 3%. It's better to be a middle uh, Eastern European, like in in the, the Eastern Europe part, and be unknown than to be a college player. He's under the radar to his advantage. It's okay if he doesn't get drafted. Coming up, Cougar gets a first professional win on the Lynx. 
and our elite voice of the nation. Again, you still have time. You've got like two minutes, so submit it now if you haven't. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Hans Olsen. Number 72, 72 days away from football. And Elijah Bryant on NBA Draft Night. Sorry, Dennis Petta, out of time. If you missed any part of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, a loaded lineup with the BYU Football Media Day. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. The non-conference schedule is out. 15 games, 7 versus top 100 RPI teams, 4 quad 1 games. Nick Emery returns in game 10, which is Utah State, then Utah. Other highlights include Nevada, Houston, UNLV, San Diego State, and Mississippi State. The NBA draft goes down tonight starting at 7 Eastern. Elijah Bryant hoping to hear his name called after working out with a host of NBA teams. Even if he doesn't, he says, I will play in the NBA. Golf. Former Cougar golfer Alex White won her first Pro Tour event in the Cactus Tour in Vegas yesterday, shooting seven under for the win. Fellow former Cougars Kendra Dalton and Leah Garner also performed well, shooting five and one under. Mike Weir, one under through 13 holes and currently tied for 13th at the Wichita Open on the Web.com Tour. And tennis. And in the Intercollegiate Tennis Association, Hall of Famer and Valentine passed away last week. Valentine coached tennis at BYU for 27 years. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Tim LaCombe put together a nice schedule. I think this is more challenging than the last couple BYU's played. They go out on the road. It's going to be a good for Selection Sunday. Now, can BYU win enough of these games? What is your reaction to the BYU Hoops non-conference schedule? Our elite voice of the day from at Grizzfather. Love it, baby. And Nick Emery will be eligible for the Utah game. Can't wait for that rematch in Vivint Smart Home Arena. There you go, baby. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Tim Knight. We'll see you tomorrow.